Uh, you are listening to Mediation Station, and this is your host, Greg Fenton. Each week, we explore topics and ideas related to the experience of people with conflict and look to promote the profession of conflict resolvers. We are available to connect with at greggf at primus.ca and 647-227-4734. Visit us at our Facebook page to like us and Facebook group page to become a member. Also visit YouTube to see channels for both CHHA 1610 AM and Greg Fenton. Listen to podcasts of each radio show by visiting either soundcloud.com and also at iTunes under podcasts for Mediation Station. Please follow us at our Twitter account at Fenton Mediation. Our topic tonight is called What Place Do Lawyers Have in Mediation and Mediators Have in Legal Process with our visitor, Marty Klein. We can get into the conversation. Let's say hello to Mr. Klein. How are you tonight, Mr. Klein? Good evening, uh, Greg. It's uh, great to be back again. I think this is my third time here. I'm third or fourth? W- wearing out my welcome. <laughs> no, I think I, I think you've got an open invitation here. Oh, listening, I guess why I get paid the big bucks, you know. Yeah, <laughs> and me too. You, you must have the same funding source <laughs> yeah, as I do. That's right. Oh, dear. And uh, okay. let's acknowledge, too, to your right, the uh, radio elf, Elfie. Hi. Hi. Ooh. You haven't been here for a few weeks. Yeah, I'm. I Something on purpose? No, not at all. I think I've just been. I've been really tired of the program. No. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you fell into that one, but I, I, you got to get out of it. Tired and migraines. You know, lots of migraines. Time of the year or something. It must be. I think it's the weather shifts and the barometer going up and down. But I'm happy to be here tonight. Two of my favorite. Guys in the whole world. You know, you say that to all your male friends. No. Yeah, okay. (laughs) No. Anyways, thank you for being here and uh, contributing to the conversation. So, Marty, uh, let's talk a little bit. What kind of work you're involved with uh, professionally? Give people some update on that. Okay, so I've been a family law lawyer for uh, over 30 years. I've got the scars to show it, if you don't believe me. Um, I am... uh, a uh, dispute resolution officer in the um, Superior Court of Justice at Brampton, uh, which is mostly a senior, lo- well, it is senior lawyers who um, all motions to change. If you want to change a, an agreement or a, an order, you have to come through us first before you go to a judge to try to resolve the matter. You know, a lot of cases do resolve that way. And then uh, I sit at least one day a week at, as a uh, Deputy Judge in Small Claims Court um, in Brampton. Uh, actually, last week I sat three days, and of which uh, two were the fourth. Well, I'm on a four-day uh, wrongful dismissal uh, lawsuit, which is going to go another two days. Quite interesting. So, uh, yeah, very variety of uh, things, and I think that's probably uh, good for me because I uh, tend to get bored of things, so I like to keep it keep things exciting. Switch it up. Yeah, well, that's why I'm, I've got my uh, my uh, partner in crime, Laura, who's not here tonight, so she keeps my life unboring. <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I hope you can get through the evening with us, okay? Yeah, I'm sure I can. I'm doing okay here. Yeah. Well, we can, if Laura's listening, we can invite her to call in, and that way you can get some some of her from that. Yeah, I'll look at four one six seven eight five zero six eight zero in case. So when you deal with your family law 
family mediation, and then you go into the civil. How do you switch your mindset? Oh, it's, or do you? Well, I think uh, um, you know when you get into this, when you get into the small claims court realm of things, you're dealing with everything that a superior court judge deals with, except for criminal law. Well, and family law. Although we have spin-off of family law, but I get my enough of, from family law doing my own practice. Um, it's difficult. It's hard. I, I mean, I'm amazed at how these judges do it. And, um, you know, uh, the good thing is if you're in superior court, then you have a lot of experience or at least more experienced lawyers who come to you with the case law and do these various things. I remember I ever asked a senior judge, you know, who had practiced family law for several years, how do you do it? when you get into a uh, a case where there's personal injury involved and serious, you know, millions of dollars involved. And uh, she said that, uh, hey, I just sit back, they provide the law, and I just look at it and weigh the, the, the evidence and make a decision. So it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's you know, it's interesting that way. But uh, there's no question about it. I, I don't want to say anything to incriminate myself on the radio, <laughs> but there are times when I, you know, unfortunately... We deal with the same issues as Superior Court does, but only up to 25,000. It's going to go up to 50, I guess, very soon. Yeah, they've been um, saying that. Yeah, it's already in a couple of provinces gone up to 50,000. But when, but not only that, it's uh, it's the same issues, and it's just the money, and uh, so it makes it what makes it hard is that you get. A lot of inexperience, a lot of self-represented green, people too. Well, well, tons of self-represented people, tons, and um, a lot of green paralegals, and so you mm-hmm. end up having to do the research and all sorts of things and getting, you know, the trying to figure out what the evidence is because they don't really put their bring their cases out. Well, you, you know, in small claims court, people, it's up to twenty-five thousand, as you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Though, regardless of the number, people attach so much energy, identify, put so much value on the P word, the principle of the thing. I've been harmed, and the other side harmed me, and they need to pay for it. Mm -hmm. So regardless of whether it's like a thousand bucks, or as you said, the stuff over the limit at small claims court, two million dollars, people can actually have so much passion with that. Well, there's And there's an awful lot of lawyers that are coming to small claims court right now, and you know, and I say to them, did, did you guys ever consider mediation? This is a great case for mediation. And they said, oh, gee, you know, that's a great idea. But that's about it. <laughs> they don't do it. It doesn't go I any ask further. the same people the same question every time, and they never really follow through on it, unfortunately. In, in a way, what would you sense is their reason for not wanting to uh, move along into mediation or even I, I entertain I think it? the same thing. I have a little, I did some notes here, and the, the first heading I have is, uh, the threat, and I think it's a threat or a fear of lost work, and I sense that very strongly in Peel region. Um, when it comes to so the region that I practice in, I mean I do do work in the GTA, but uh, more so than Toronto, and uh, I think there's a fear that that that, that lawyers are going to lose their money, you know, and and I think that when a client comes to you, you got to say what's the best way to deal with your problem. Not every case is good for mediation. There's absolutely no question about that. <clears throat> a lot of cases aren't. But if you have if you're putting your client's interests before your own, then I think you have to look at, at at mediation or mediation arbitration 
as a, a viable option. And unfortunately, a, a lot of lawyers aren't doing that. And I think eventually uh, the consumers are going to put enough pressure on the government that they'll make it at least a, you know, a good portion of those cases as mandatory mediation, as they do have in civil cases in uh, Toronto. I think a lot of people want to have their day in court. Just from my very, very tiny experience in, in small claims court, where they've agreed to go to mediation mm -hmm. um, and see if it works, and sometimes it does, and sometimes it it's good because it kind of gets some things out of the way and works, loosens the lid on the jar a little bit for settlement. But for the ones who really, they want to have their say, they want to have a judge hear them and tell them that they're right. The problem is that the judge, <laughs> who knows what the judge is going to well, say, right? What are the chances? Exactly. No, there's no guarantee. No. Regardless no, no. of how much you feel you've been wronged and how right you feel you are, there's no guarantee and no legal counsel will put in writing that you're guaranteed the outcome that you feel you're entitled to. Well, they, you know, the, the women every year have uh, an evening or a day uh, well, an evening actually happens where they uh, commemorate the uh, people who have died as a result of domestic violence, the women who have, and they ca it's called Take Back the Night. Yeah, the walk. And, yeah, and there's and a walk, I, yeah. Yeah, and I have this expression, take back your life. And so I think mediation is, a great slogan for t mediation is take back your life. In other words, take control of your problems and don't give it to somebody like me. Um, I, I'm just a, a step below a superior court judge, really. I mean, we're part of the superior court of You're just some poor schlep. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and, like, why are can, you... Can you translate that for <laughs> our uh, broader community? It's onomatopoeic. Like, it, it, it's, it is what it sounds like. He's just some poor schmo, some poor schlep, you know, a Joe Blow on the street who's not, you know, no better than anybody the, well, else, right? He's a little more qualified, I, well, I would A little there. bit, Well, yeah. judges are glorified lawyers. I mean, that's what we are. I mean, you know, and... But lawyers are, I mean, you know, all the jokes and things aside, lawyers are actually held in very high esteem and have a lot of status in our society. In some parts of the world. Mm -hmm. In <laughs> our particular us, North they, American society, they call lawyers are... Well, they call us doctors in South America. I know that. You know, the thing is, that's yeah. part of the concern, though. People have this sense that they want to come to court and feel they got to get their their time and their voice spoken to because they feel so aggrieved and that they're right and the other side's wrong. What do you think the other side's, you know, they're, they're going the through same the same thing. stuff. Yeah. So there's no guarantees of the outcomes. And the thing is, a lot of people's thinking about what the justice system is and can provide for is based on a very dramatic Hollywood or television type of perspective when people come into the system it's totally different from what they would expect they think it's the good wife and it's really like the the real housewives of toronto <laughs> well, well that's another show late, late night show so marty with regard to the different hats you wear uh you know you've only got one head though how are you affected by the different types of work you do and, and the different kinds of perspectives or mindsets you need okay well about a year and a half ago um, maybe it's coming up to two years now. I've, I made a conscious effort to move out of litigation uh, into uh, family dispute resolution. I, and I, I did that because I was really 
not happy with what the system was doing to people. And uh, one of the reasons that I did go into law was to help people. A lot of people uh, feel that way, but uh, after they get out and make all this money, they figure, who the heck with helping people? <laughs> I'm going to make some money here. <laughs> but uh, seriously, um, the um, I um, made a decision to get out of uh, litigation uh, so that I could see m- mediation as a viable option for, find- for resolving conflict. And... Uh, I thought it would be easier, but I'll tell you, it's really, it's not much easier. You're still dealing with all the emotions. And, you know, I, I long for the, uh, what I call the virgin cases. And those are the ones who haven't been touched by lawyers yet. Uh, and and I'll, I'll, I will say that lawyers are important in the, in the process. But uh, it's nice to be able to have clients come in and not have having gone to any lawyers and they don't have any crazy... Um, ideas about about life and about resolving issues, or maybe going to a certain kind of lawyer, perhaps because yeah. then they're really well informed and they really and they know their their expectations are managed and they're and they're coming in in an informed virginal state. Yeah, well, what's been happening with me is that I've been getting lo- clients who are coming out of they're in court and they're on the verge of a trial and the lawyers are smelling rightfully so that there is not going to be $50,000 for a trial here which is scheduled in a couple of months or so and they say why don't we do mediation arbitration and so uh, hopefully when they do come to me in in, in uh, the mediation arbitration process it ends in the mediation unfortunately some of them haven't and I end up in situations where I'm ri- like writing judgments almost like well like really the same thing as small claims court. So having said that, a lot of lawyers are still in sort of litigation, but they're doing mediation as well. Wherever they can, you know, find work, they'll do it. And I would very, maybe foolishly, moved right out of litigation. I I do have some cases, very few, and uh, I've taken a hit for it financially. There's no question Though, you know, honestly, though, your name here, what's your professional practice name? Line law. Right. So you got the word law in there. Mm-hmm. Doesn't that give a certain message to the uh, potential client or person who wa- well, might want to hire you? Yeah, the, actually, the lady uh, who's doing our website, does our website, um, Family Dispute Resolution, and also uh, is going to be working on mine, was saying it's kind of a misnomer to have the client law in there. Mm-hmm. I, I do have another uh, a website called wemediate.ca, which is... Uh, I guess a bit more, more akin to, to where your doing. mindset is yeah. and what your intention is for moving yeah. along. So, yeah. uh, you know, people identify meaning from the words we use mm-hmm. and the words we don't use. I think, too, that to, to say that, you know, you're, you're a lawyer and to put that up front, sometimes that's all people really know about because mediation, let's face it, is, is not, you know, it's kind of the best kept secret. Uh, around and so that's when and people will come to you because they think well I need to see a lawyer and that's when you can kind of let them know what the options are and and um, perhaps perhaps um, l- help them see the light or redirect them or yeah channel them in another pathway mm-hmm. I so I generally so what I do in my practice is Clients will go in to see, a, uh, have a consult, say, with a lawyer, 
and then the, the lawyers will call me up and get very annoyed with me that I want to see the clients individually. And I try to explain that I want to not just screen them for, um, you know, domestic vi- issues of, uh, surrounding domestic violence, but also um, for power imbalances and, and abuse, uh, power control. Right. right. Yeah. And uh, they get very annoyed with me and they said, we're just going to get into it. Like, just meet with them. Let them come down and do it. I like to get a feel for the client as well. And uh, they, there's a lot of freedom in that person seeing you alone, the husband or the wife, depending on you know the genders that you're dealing with, the, the father or the mother. Um, I like to see them individually, and uh, there's a lot more freedom for them to express themselves to me and find out where they're really at. Um, so, Well, you also need to make your own assessment. Right. I mean, any professional, like if someone makes a referral to me, I take what they have to say, but it's all seen through their lens. And it's all seen through their biases and and their needs. And um, as a professional, you don't just kind of take orders from right. somebody. You you make your own assessment and you come to your own conclusions about things and you put your own stamp on it. Right. And they are uh, the clients are very happy to meet alone with you. It's the it's the lawyers that are want to move the thing ahead. Because uh, they, again, that could be the sense that traditionally comes from a trained and educated right. perspective of control. Mm-hmm. Advocacy is about one side against another, per se. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the template for mediation is not advocating for the individuals. It's so more like advocating for the situation to help the people involved. You're not taking sides, finding who's right or wrong, and pushing one against the other. You're not mm-hmm. trying to marginalize by exerting your power mm-hmm. over the other side. So, right away, that template of a lawyer relative to a mediator is going to be somewhat in conflict. Yeah, I'm very, you know, I have a friend of mine who's a, uh, I won't say where he is because I'll give him away, but he's a judge, in family court judge, superior court family. And uh, he said that the other judge, he's got appointed about two years ago, and he said he's too folksy. For the other down to the earth judges. type of guy, yeah, and you know because he'll 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 start speaking to me like he'll run the case conferences. He has an LLM in in um, um, in, in uh, mediation, and so he'll run his case conferences like mediation sessions. He says the same way. He says I love it. I do mediations three days a week, you know. So but, and and uh, but he'll get down and and there's always a, another side of the story in people's lives and so he gets into that and the other judges kind of give him heck for that because they think well why are you bothering like just get on with the case and deal with it you know facts and that's it and you know but you'd be surprised how he was telling me the other day he had a a a couple that were just at each other's throats in court self-represented and uh and then he said, started talking to them and and got behind why they were acting that way Mm -hmm. and they ended up like being friendly to each other was phenomenal. I ended up settling the case. So he used some of his train, you know, mediation skills. Yeah, absolutely. To connect with the parties yeah. relative to the traditional lawyer skills, which are about interrogating or mm-hmm. you know questioning and using close question or leading questions mm-hmm. that are basically based on your sense of what you believe, and you're just trying to put people into a place that falls into your agenda. Yeah, and I think, yeah, and I, I, so if you're asking how I uh, 
separate my mm-hmm. life. So I don't. Well, I mean, dispute resolution hearings or uh, conferences, DRCs, they're called. Uh, in Superior Court um, are uh, really, I think, another form of open mediation. Open mediation because we can say their beha- what their behavior is like or we can put comments about them which a judge would end eventually read. So that's a mediation. Um, we do tons of settlement conferences. Yeah, I was going to mention about in, the settlement in conference. small claims court. That's an, in, um, an effort by the system through the judge to try to get people to get a little reality check mm-hmm. and possibly resolve things? I was on day three of this, uh, in the midst of the fi- trial's not over, in the midst of a wrongful dismissal trial, and, and I asked the, the litigants if, uh, why can't they settle this? And I said, don't tell me the number, but why don't we split the difference? <laughs> you know? Why Let's find an answer to this. It's crazy, you know, and, and uh, I can't say much more, obviously, because I'm the trier of fact on this case, so... Uh, and so I couldn't say more, but yeah, I, t- I get that right down with the people, and I just figure, what the heck? What are they going to do? I mean, so, so as a let's put the lawyer hat back on, mm-hmm. and say, as a lawyer traditionally, what would be the uh, perception of mediation? I think, well, it depends where you are. I think in uh, in Toronto they practice very lit- litigious mediation. Uh, the high roller family law mediators do very directive settlement uh, oriented um, like um, they're like settlement conferences yeah. really and you go in there and they tell you what the where it's at this is where it's at no you're wrong the mediator takes the positions I mean it's really and they and they settle the case and I you know hey these are people with millions of bucks a lot of them and and, and maybe they need those kind of cases. But, you know, then those same lawyers who took their cases downtown come to me, and I'm all of a sudden faultsy, you know, and I'm saying, <laughs> well, you're going to have kids here to deal with. Let's. Why don't you make the decision? You make the choice. You make. It's your life. Take back your life. Don't listen to your lawyer. You do it. And then they get very angry, and, of course, they lose their business. I mean, I, I, w- <laughs> I would think, though, yes, you can get resolution at the table, yeah. like a... An outcome that's settle a settlement. Look on the lo- longer term picture, especially in family. Mm-hmm. It's about relationships. Absolutely. Co-parenting is a, an ongoing process, yeah. lifelong. So yes, at the table you can get an outcome that addresses on a fact basis something. Though, what's the lasting impact on that co-parenting relationship if someone feels they've been wrong? You had a thought before. Yeah, I actually had a thought. Well, amongst among many thoughts that you have. Um, I was thinking about how recently I went to um, an ADRIO, which is Alternative Dispute Resolution Institute of Ontario, to um, a section meeting, a workplace section session that was about um, about there was a panel um, talking about workplace cases. It was very interesting because three of the four panel members were very um, were very kind of facilitative and very you know folksy organic organic you, you know and and uh, and there was one panel member who I think is great but uh, he's completely he's saying well basically follow the money settlement is everything people go to mediation because they want to settle you got to settle if you don't settle what's the point and you just say this is your case is crap and your case is you know 
mm-hmm. whatever. Different. And, and, yeah. And you you just do the thing. Like, and, and the thing is, I think he gets a lot of... Um, I think he's very effective in his own way for a particular type of case or type of people who need that. They need somebody to kind of just lay it on the line. But... There's also a, a kind of arrogance that comes along with that, um, that he thinks he knows what everybody needs and where really people are the o- experts on their own situation and their own needs. Well, my preferred area is um, mediation, arbitration, and, and although I, I'm always hoping that it will be resolved in mediation because that's <coughs> where the parties themselves come to an agreement and they can take ownership of that agreement uh, but if you have a difficult partner or person on the other side of a case uh, whether it's a family or civil matter, it doesn't really matter, labor law mediation arbitration is always good to know the hammers there at the end and uh, you know, behave yourself and smarten up because a decision will be made against you uh, if you're going to be foolish it's going it's to... There's a consequence Yeah, mm-hmm. there's a consequence, right so in, in terms of lawyers, mediation, why do many lawyers have this expectation that they need to be involved in a family mediation process in order for the mediation to even take place, let alone be considered legitimate? Well, I don't think that lawyers legitimize um, a mediation process. I, no, that wasn't the question. Yeah. The question is that it seems to be, from my experience, that lawyers feel that they need to be in the mediation process for it to be legitimate. I don't know why. It's not true. I mean, but have, having said that, As a, okay. it depends on your client. If you have a client that is very weak, weak in the sense of uh, unable to uh, defend him or herself or put her, his or her position forward or their power imbalances, then you definitely want the lawyer there. And, and you bet, as a lawyer, you might feel, look, I know my client, and there's no way that the person wants to go alone. They need my support there. Uh, yeah, for sure. I understand, and we always encourage people to get the legal advice. Because no, yeah, but to be involved. To be actually involved in order to be credible, I, I have a challenge with that. Oh, it doesn't, yeah. No, no. Because I, it's like, hey, it, it's not a real mediation. You can't do it unless there is a lawyer involved. Directly, and it depends how complicated the, the issues are. So you may have severe issues, uh, financial. And I say severe, I mean complicated, complex uh, yeah. property problems and conflicts and all kinds of things like that. Then I think you really need. It does help to have a lawyer. And I, quite frankly, as a mediator, I'm really happy when the lawyers are there, as long as the right lawyer is there, mm-hmm. not someone who's you know, buggy or anything. I did a, a, a mediation arbitration and the lawyer, uh, the client wanted to say something and he turned to her and, and got his finger out and said, stop that. Don't say anything. <laughs> it's like, really? You know, like it was terrible. I was shocked. Like he would even do that because... Well, we that's were, what personal injury cases are like. Like, you know, well, it's all based the clients on don't talk. It all, the conversation flows through the lawyers yeah. with the mediator. And the parties, for the most part, are present, though not participating actively. I think it's all about winning and losing. I think it's all about this perception of winning and losing. Maximizing your gains. Yeah. and But, but not really paying attention to 
the different kinds of gains and losses that you can have and focusing on monetary gains and losses or ego gains and losses um, of being found right or wrong. And that's a very uh, transient kind of feeling mm-hmm. of, of victory because then when you're left with the, with the ruins of, of your relationship with if you're going to have an ongoing relationship or the ruins of your finances or the ruins of your of having of your health having gone you know into so much conflict with with someone but i i think in our society there's a big focus on this perception of winning or losing or not getting what you're entitled to or you know uh, compromising and therefore you're you're giving up something um, and losing. Yeah, well, that's why collaborative process is interesting because you do have the lawyers there in a, in a dispute resolution process, and it's it is a kind of co-mediation in that uh, y- the lawyers are there to you know sort of look out for their clients' interests, but at the same time they really have to keep an eye on everyone's interests, and you want to see everyone prosper in the process and I, I, I think the collaborative process unfortunately there's just not enough of that work out there you know to to or, or enough cases to, to get but it's uh, very interesting and you bring in various people to deal with certain issues like financial and you get joint appraisers and that sort of thing and it really cuts down on the expense and mm-hmm. cuts down back on the aggravation but you know, I do want to say that there is a place for lawyers in mediation, especially when you're dealing with complex issues. And as a law, as mediators, we can't give or legal we shouldn't advice. give legal advice. I say we shouldn't. I think, like, really, like, really. I mean, you know, the lawyers who are mediators, like, it's impossible not to, because people are going to ask you. You're going to talk about the guidelines. Well, that's legal, you know, legal stuff coming out. I mean. But if your cl- lawyer is there, you can take the, the client aside, caucus with the person, pull the person in the other room, talk about them and say, look, you're wrong at law. You know, like put it right to, to them and say, look, you're, this is your getting off topic. You're not staying focused. Let's deal with one issue at a time. You know, family law is 99% um, emotion, 1% law or 1% brains, really. <laughs> and, and let's face it. I mean, law <laughs> equals brains? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. But seriously, mm-hmm. it's a heck of a lot of motion. And uh, in order to keep yourself focused, you have to keep your emotions in check. And if a lawyer is a good lawyer, that lawyer will keep his cl- or her client stayed on what the issues are that have to be dealt with. Yeah, but many of us mediators are not adverse to emotion in the room, actually work with emotion in the room. Right. And that's we know that that's where the roots of a lot yeah. of people's challenges are that need to be pulled out, brought to light. And it's not only on the surface, this is what's happened. We want to know why it's happened. What's the ongoing or the backstory with regard to why that's happened and continues to happen and will continue to be an obstacle to get to the substantive decision-making that needs to be addressed if you don't in some way address some of the roots. So, okay, for example, you you go through a mediation, you spend a couple of hours with people, Everyone walks out of there, they're happy, they found a resolution. They may not have it down to the penny, but they've had it resolved. Go back to their lawyers, and the lawyers say, Is that mediator out of his or her mind? They're crazy. 
You can't do that. Don't you realize that this loss is... Yeah, but I'm really happy with this. I know I'm giving something up, but, you know... That's the rights-based relative to the interest-based. Right. That's why it's... That's a good point for having a lawyer there. That, that's fine. So let's look on the flip side. What's the expectation of a lawyer when doing the legal process to include a mediator as part of their process? As much as the mediators are supposed to include a lawyer in their process. They won't most of the time. Why? When you're in med- I mean, that's the point yeah. of my question. Well, We're trying to challenge these notions of practice and tradition. So it's okay for mediators to always have the lawyer involved. Why can't we yeah. also have mediators involved in legal process to great. give some kind of new energy? Well, we do that in collaborative law. You see, in the collaborative, not law, but they're changing the OCLF name, actually, Ontario uh, um, Collaborative Law Foundation to Canadian to the uh, Ontario Collaborative um, Process or whatever. Yeah, they're taking the law out of it because wow. they realize. Yeah, so right. I get. See, that alludes to my earlier point yeah. in the more uh, early in this yeah. conversation. Yeah. You have Klein Law. Yeah. So it communicates a message, a particular message, by the use of particular words, yeah. such as law in this case. Right, so they're, they're, they're yeah, and, but any, in, any, in any event, when you're doing the collaborative process, you bring in third-party neutrals, which is great. I do that in mediation anyhow, and uh, yeah, it would be great, because a lot of times, I'll tell you who really needs the mediation and litigation is the two lawyers. <laughs> they start <laughs> fighting with each other, and the yeah. clients pay. Yeah. And more than one, not not just money. They pay yeah. emotionally in every which way. Because of those, you know, entrenched positions exactly. that are just reinforced by the nature of the court and its structure in the system, which is about positions and adversary. And so, even though professionally you're required to call or refer to each other as friends, my friend, it's it's sort of like, hey, really. You're not friends per se. I never do. I never do. I, in fact, whenever a lawyer is a friend of mine, I'll I'll always say, and by the way, Your Honor, so and so really is my friend. <laughs> How does your client take that when they hear that? Oh, they like it. They yeah. Well, it, it's the difference between between saying my friend and my friend. Well, how you say it now? You don't say it. <laughs> yeah. So, so I mean, the the thing is, if it works one way. Well, that can be questioned, actually, where the lawyer always has to be in a mediation, which I challenge back. It's not accurate, per se, from my experience. Why isn't the flip side where a mediator would always be in some way, not in a legal process? Look, we need an entire new system. Someone has to come up with a system where judges stop playing judges and judges stop pretending to be social workers and I, I've had a lot of experience over the years in, in mental health issues but I'm not a psychologist I'm not a sociologist or a social worker but I've learned a lot of things but having said that they're cutting out third party intervention cutting back on it an awful lot and I think we're in trouble we're just we're becoming very very legalized more so than ever and it just shouldn't be that way we've got a we need a system that's going to be based on families and dealing with relationships and emotions and whatnot. And the more organic nature of relationships. Yeah. It's not clear-cut, defined, black and white. 
isn't doesn't Australia have a new system that's really like a, sh- a different paradigm? We need a different way of thinking yeah, of these it's way things. Way above, a, way ahead of us. Yeah. Yeah, they're Absolutely. more progressive traditionally then. I say road trip. I say we go to let's go to we Australia. Could. Let let's go you to. You want to take the program on the road too? Yeah, let's yeah. go. Well, we need we a little bit of <laughs> a little bit of we cheddar. Should, we should we should take uh, Justice uh, Heather Smith, the Chief Justice of Ontario, along. She would probably come. Let's go. <laughs> let's make it happen. Well, Laura has to come too. Yeah, that's <laughs> um, well, I, I thought we were and nibbles nibbles. Then it becomes a big posse. Yeah, the bigger great. the better. It would be great. That's where you need the connections. Well, so you know what? Let's ma- we can make it happen. Yeah. All right. Uh, so, if a mediator could be involved in many more legal processes, how can they contribute to that legal process so that the lawyers don't feel threatened by that presence, uh, the change of mindset, the change of culture, the potential risk to their, you know, their money? The funding that they do make, which we don't want to undermine, at the same time, many of us mediators are out there because it's not about us, it's about the parties going through the lived experiences, and we want to help them as much as possible to get a new lived experience that's much better where they're, than they're currently at. How could lawyers feel more comfortable to engage mediators in their legal process? And to the same extent that mediators are somewhat expected to involve lawyers in the mediation process. I don't, I, that's a good, I mean, are they, are you referring to people, the cases that are ongoing in court? Or they haven't happened yet, or in some way, just as a, a different approach. So a client goes sees a lawyer, and the lawyer introduces, hey, about mediation, and you know what, I work with a mediator, rather than only where a person goes to a mediator and then, well, you got to go see the lawyer and get the lawyer involved all the time. But you have to get the other side involved as well, the other lawyer. You have to get the, law- the yeah, lawyer on track. Right, but in general, though, how do you get, how can you see getting lawyers to buy in to the this paradigm shift right. to have mediators much more involved in legal process than they are currently? So it's almost like cooperative mediation in a way uh, it's almost like uh, it's like collaborative process but it's 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 not really collaboratively trained it's collaborative so you're trying to get the people so I go to my lawyer and I say okay this is what's happening and the lawyer says look why don't I get the other side to agree to sitting down with all of us with a mediator there as mm-hmm. a facilitator yeah somewhat maybe it, it depends I mean this that's a great idea I think maybe I'll start that t- tomorrow I'll speak to my assistant because we have people calling and it's it's difficult. But part of the problem is we have people calling us and saying, "Oh, we really want to. I really want to mediate this. I don't want to go to court, no matter what." Oh, okay. Is your is your uh, partner online? Like, are they ready to go? Oh, well, I haven't spoken to them yet. Okay. Well, d- would you speak to them? Yes. Okay. Well, here's our package. Send it to them. Then they say, "Oh, this sounds really good." Then they go to their lawyers and they say. Hmm. I don't know about that. <laughs> so, so the thing is, I'm trying but to get, right. how do you get the lawyers to buy in? Because the mediators, I think, have this collaborative mindset already. I had a situation when, um, working in the court where one of the, um, one of the court lawyers 
um, was sitting and talking with us, and and he said, "Well, mediation doesn't work. I'm not a, I'm not pro mediation. Mediation, uh, what's the point? There's no point." And he was just going on and on about it. Is and it I, Judy me? Yeah, and I was shocked. And um, one of my colleagues was there, and she was equally shocked. And um, I asked him, "Have you ever attended a mediation?" He said, "No." And so I I think a way to get them to the ones who are not on board to get them to understand and not feel so threatened is to at least get them observing a mediation I mean I said why don't you come to my colleague who is sitting there why don't you come to one of her mediations you'd have to keep your mouth shut but just come and see how can you put down an entire process when you haven't experienced it when you don't really have a sense of what goes on there and you have to go a step backwards, and that, uh, or a step not backwards, but earlier. But or, yeah, step the law back. school. Law school. That's right. Now Osgood Hall Law School. I'm really amazed by them. They have a mediation program there. They send students into the small claims court. They send it to our small claims court. Actually, uh, they have uh, uh, elective courses that you can take. It's really, really good. In fact, they have a little appreciation thing coming up at the end of the month um, where they're going to get all the mediators together and all that. Um, UFT only has one course in mediation. It should be mandatory. I don't understand why the law societies who govern the oversight ultimately of the uh, uh, yeah of, of the, the practice uh, the pra- profession right and what it's being taught why don't they get them to say Appar- it's got to be mandatory apparently Ryerson is coming up with a new law program that's yes. um, going to be entire a whole different kettle of fish well if Chris whole. Bentley has anything to do with it I'm sure it will which will be yeah. great that'll be wonderful I mean because it's really neat I mean it yes I mean you have to learn litigation but Really, I didn't have anything. To, I didn't know what an ADR or FDR or ultimately I didn't know anything about that when I came out of law school. So I think, yeah, I think. Thank you, Greg. By the way, I think it's a great idea. I think what I'm going to do is try to push on, put a push on cl- on lawyers and say, hey, I'm willing to go in. Why don't you set up meetings? But then there are a lot of lawyers, like you were talking about, um, Joni, about the uh, resistance. Uh, res- well, mm-hmm. and ignorance of mm-hmm. what mediation is all about. Uh, at the same time, some of the resistance or the ignorance is because they're not aware of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a inten- uh, purpose of our yeah. practice as collaborators to move along, try and push an agenda of change that is more inclusive, right. educate and inform people, mm-hmm. because when you get the pushback, you know that people are somewhat resistant for some reason. Though as a mediator, you know there's a reason for that, and we don't don't drop it. We try to go there. But and you ask the good questions. And there's a <laughs> lot more money in litigation. I'm, my peers, my friends, my buddies are making a fortune now. The, the, there's been, in the past year, a ton of litigation. ton. And I'm telling you, you, you go to court and you sit there all day. You're getting paid for okay, sitting there. Okay, so I'll challenge back. You know what? We have that concept that's called access to justice. Right. Right, and how many people can afford the regular rates of lawyers, and they, and that's then the conundrum of what the self-represented litigants is morphed into, like seventy percent in civil and family. So people can't. They, they may start with a lawyer, then they get depleted of funds either from their own 
or the lawyer through their practice. And, okay, so then... I've had, over the years, I've had so many people come to me and they've blown forty or $50,000 and I say, and that's probably nothing for a lot of people, and I'll say, well, where'd you get the money? We mortgaged, I yeah. begged, borrowed, stole, and now what? And now <laughs> I have no money left. And there's a whole segment of society out there oh, yeah. that never avails themselves of the option of court because they see it as a barrier in the first place. I just can't afford it. So, meanwhile, their circumstance gets worse in some way because they don't try to address it because they they don't have what they believe to be the funds to do that. So we have to close very soon. What would you suggest, in addition to conversations like we're having tonight, for there to be that same consideration for mediators to be fundamental uh, component of the legal process as lawyers are in mediation? I think that... uh Lawyers should start befriending the uh, sorry, the media should start befriending the lawyers. Mm-hmm. And right now, the only befriending that may be happening is within the court system, in the court, the organized court system. But maybe a lot more uh, out in the community. Yeah, and maybe like Adrio Fidrio OAFM start have to start mm-hmm. doing that kind of uh, lobbying amongst the lawyers. You know, I I'm going to do it because I think that's a great opportunity. I, I mean. Uh, yeah, and many of us see the system not as the de facto for decision making, as an option rather than an alternative. And it's the community that actually would be best to be, quote, the de facto. Community knows itself best and it knows its conditions and its lived experiences. Yes, if it can't deal with it, then an option is court. Though that's not to be the first point of entry. Right. to get your, quote, decision-making. So anything else that you can suggest for people who may need to go through or are going through a legal process and to have greater consideration of involving the combination of lawyer and mediator, mediator-lawyer? Okay. We don't need to have the answers, but I'm yeah. throwing these questions out for yeah. you know to provoke people to think about how we traditionally do things, that there are other possibilities. It's a, it's a mindset that needs to change and it's a mindset and a world and life view that has to change within the um, um, within the law school. It really has. That's where our minds are shaped as lawyers, and it's very important that that happen and begin there. But I think for the public to just be curious, you know, don't don't just take for granted that you know what you see on TV is how it is. Google, Google options for family and take with your curiosity. Ask questions because yeah. curiosity is useless. If it just sits in your head yeah. and you don't try to learn of and about and acquire new information, knowledge, be educated. Yeah. And be care- be be um, discerning. Comfortable. Oh. Yeah, and discerning with your mediator because in as much as you should be with your lawyer, you should be with your mediator, mm-hmm. that yeah. relationship. Okay, this is an ongoing conversation. It's got to start somewhere. So thanks very much for engaging in the conversation. Well, thank you for giving me ideas. Absolutely. I'm glad I came. All right. We'll see you again sometime in the future. Okay. Thanks, Joni. Thanks. Good night. You've been listening to Mediation Station on CHHA 1610M, Voices Latinas.